I haven't been to Cumberland Creek Camp since I was 11, since I was a camper. Now I'm 18, a high school graduate. I'm someone who has no business being a camp counselor, that's for sure. I can't start fires. I can't tell poison ivy and poison oak apart. And once I tripped over in the Cumberland River sophomore year, Canoes and I have a serious love-hate relationship. But my friendship bracelet-making skills are first-rate, so my church, Forest Sanctuary, nominated me to be the Camp Arts and Crafts Instructor. I never would have agreed if Emily hadn't been nominated to be counselor as well. It'll be a great summer, she said. We'll meet new people and get to hang out by the lake and make s'mores and go creek stomping together, like when we were eight. But now I'm here alone. I need the money for college, and it's too late to find a job anywhere else in this economy. And I figure if I do this for the church, maybe God will think about forgiving me for what I've done. Back in the day, the Chickasaw Indian tribe believed that this land, these mountains in Tennessee, were where heaven meets earth. And lots of locals say God often communicates to people here, through signs, through visions, through just feeling closer to him. When I was little, it was always the talk of camp. Would God speak to anyone this year? I remember hearing a rumor about how a counselor had this deep feeling she needed to go see her boyfriend. So she drove away from camp and made it to his house just in time to find he'd slipped and fallen down the stairs and was bleeding heavily from his head. He lived, thanks to the sign. Everyone wants a sign at some point, and this summer I need one more than ever. I park my car along the tree line beside the basketball court and make my way up the trail, past the cedar and oak trees, keeping a watch out for copperheads and black widow spiders. Last time I was here, a deer tick bit me and burrowed into my skin. Two weeks later, I had a rash the shape of a dartboard stretching across my pale stomach. Everybody wanted to see it, and I mean everybody, even Will Whitfield. But when you're 11, you don't pull your shirt up for anybody except your mom and the doctor. Anyway, the whole reason I'm thinking about Will Whitfield is because I see him standing in front of the camp director's cabin, along with the other counselors. The cabin's name is Great Oak because camp is divided into two lands, birdland and treeland, and all the cabins are named accordingly. Cardinal, Redwood, Wren. My favorite cabin is White Oak because it's nestled up in the hills overlooking the lake, and it's the closest to the Woodsong Chapel, my favorite place. Emily and I made a lot of good memories here, memories that I hoped would continue this summer. But this job doesn't pay much, not enough for her to rent an apartment in Nashville. Her parents kicked her out of the house after they found out about the abortion. They said they'd pray for her soul. I hope they're praying for my soul, too. A guy wearing no shoes is staring at me. Boys don't usually stare, except for Bruce Wilson, captain of the high school math team, and he hardly counts because I never wanted to return his stares. Shoeless boy is beautiful. His tan face is kind and maybe a bit mischievous. A red bandana keeps his dirty blonde hair in check. His khaki shorts reach his knees and sunglasses hang off the collar of his black t-shirt. 
He's carrying a guitar case in one hand and has a laundry basket full of clothes under the other arm. He sets the guitar down and waves. I wave back. He grins, and my knees feel kind of wobbly. He reminds me of someone.